Today on the show, what happens when strangers enter our lives? I call up my favorite stranger-turned-friend Randy while he's on spring break. I don't need a friend, I need a doctor. He needs my help. And it's ruining my Google search history. Please type in male problem itching, Panama Beach. And Jesse meets a girl for an OkCupid date, and they find themselves in a heated debate. It's like, no, you know what? This is bull. You're not, you do not have a penis. You do not have a penis. You are a woman who's lying to me. Stay with us. My heart is beating. When I called my friend Randy at his motel in Panama Beach, I woke him up. Hey, it's Andrea. What time is it? 12.30. Night or day? I knew where to call because of a voicemail he'd left me the week before. It was while he was hanging out with his escort, April. <laughs> no way. I was going to on your snack snack. <laughs> okay, what? They're, where, where, they're always where they need to be, right? God. Hey, Andrea. Randy. She's asking for the cotton balls. They're the same place they always are. I wish she'd ask for my cotton balls. Andrea, it's Randy. Um, I wanted to talk to you. I'm, you know, there was a problem with... Uh, rumors about work um, and there's a lot of whispering. I may not even be here. So, But what happens is I have four weeks of vacay. So I'm going flying down to Tallahassee tomorrow and then I'm going to fun truck at the Panama Beach and then I'm staying at the View Motel. Hang on a second. <laughs> hey, man, um... View Motel uh, for uh, spring break. I'm going to get more Tang than an astronaut. And I'm staying at Panama Beach. Um, get some peace, smoke some D, and take some names. I'm bringing polka dot condoms because girls like polka dots. I'm bringing You remember April? She died. Oh, I'm just kidding. She's here right now. We we watched Santa Claus two, and then it was oh, she's holding up three fingers. Santa Claus three, and um, had a good night. So I'm gonna take off for a little while. If you need to get me, I think you know my cell. Or just call, call me down at Panama Beach and your hotel. <laughs> On the night he was supposed to arrive, he either butt dialed me from Panama Beach, or pretended to butt dial me. I've listened to this message at least 20 times, and I still don't know which one it was. Uh, how old do you think I am? <laughs> no, more like 26. I'll just put it out and get your choice. Uh, I'm you. Two more Jitos. Uh, make them both really sing. Sing. Make them sing. Put a lot of alcohol on them. Make them sing. You can... Copy you the grill, shoots. I'll teach you a lesson you'll never forget. What's your name? <laughs> Randy? I'm serious, 26. Here, let me take off my hat. <laughs> no way. And then I got a crazy email from him, from an internet cafe. He said he'd left his phone charger at his apartment. Could I go there, pretend to be the cleaning lady, feed his frogs, and overnight it to his motel? I said no. He was furious. But then he said I should call him at his motel. He wanted to catch up. I would say this is my worst year. You know, why, the whole why? point is, is to smoke some D, eat some pee, and get, get some crazy. But I got to say, everything went against me this year. My luck has run dry. And also, I got to be totally honest. Um, I don't know if I've aged since I've been here last, but 
people have been making remarks about how I'm too old, as if there's some rule that you have to either there's a cutoff. You can't come down here for spring break if you're too old. I don't think that that's a fake thing. I think it's a real thing. Well, I was down here about 10 years ago. I came down here from maybe 17 years old to 28 years old. So I haven't been down about 10 years. And this place has really changed. I mean, it is not it is not the fun Panama Beach that I remember. It's depressing. You know, no one gives you the time of day. It, it's impossible to pick up Betty's anymore. Um, well, you're older. I think you have good game in New York City. You get to say, I have a job, I have an apartment, blah, 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 spring break, it's why do you, all... Why do you got to bring me down? I'm, well, I'm already down. Why do you got to bring me down more? Are you saying that I look old? Maybe. <sighs> in a good way. Like, in the way that men get more attractive as they get older. I've been telling you that. I've been having some fun. I've been, um... What's that thing called? When you, like, you run up behind people when they're taking photos... Um, you like, photobomb? Like, uh, I don't even know what it's called, but I, on you know people be taking photos. I've gotten really good at dis- in determining when they're about to shoot. And hang on a second. <laughs> Are you okay? And then I'll run up behind them on the beach and pose. I'm in a lot of photos. If 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 you type in Panama Beach, Florida spring break, you're gonna probably see me. So that's been fun. Um, you ever hear my version of um, of Can't Touch Us? No. Please touch us. Please touch it. Please touch it. So I'll sing that sometimes in front of uh, Betty's, and, you know, they find it really funny. And I was doing that the other night, and it was going well, and they were they were hysterical. They were having a great time. Until um, I think uh, a, a couple of their you know, boyfriends or whoever they were showed up with zero sense of humor, and uh, they didn't get it at all. So I had to get out of there. But in the past, I mean, I, I remember doing that when I first went down there, and it was, you know, it was catnip. Uh, there was there's no way anyone would refuse to sleep with me after that, or even just maybe just kiss or whatever. But this time. I mean, there was a few times where it just upset people. When are you heading home? Well, today, later today, and I need your help because uh, I'm flat out of dough. Uh, I'm flat. I'm doughless. I'm. I'm done. I don't. That makes no sense to me. You're an adult. Figure it out. No, I. Uh, I need you to wire me some money. I can't do. Hey, that. have you heard about that airline that crashed or disappeared? Yeah, the Malaysia flight. It's horrible. Where? It's it's like the weirdest. It's like it's such an eerie story. Yeah, they. I bet they. Uh, this is my theory. They landed in Greenland. Why? Why do you think that? Did Courtney because, Love tell you what's in Greenland? No, because Gr- Greenland's one of those places that. It, see, you would only know this if you're into military stuff. There's a lot of military bases up there. It's very hard to handle a 757 landing. It needs a very long landing strip. And there's there's one in Greenland for big planes because they have a lot of supplies up there and the planes have to land there. It, it, this doesn't make sense to you because you don't know much about military. But to me, it's, it's perfectly... I mean, that's what happened. It's obvious. You should tweet about it because... Um that's By the how, way, that's I have Twitter's 30,000 friends on Twitter. How many friends do you have? Well, they're not friends. They're, they're followers. But they're her friends, believe me. And I got them in two days. So that's pretty damn good. And that's more than you have. You have 1,000. I have like 1,500. But still. Yeah. No, you're doing... Oh, I got 30,000. It's amazing. A lot of them don't have pictures. Just pictures of eggs or something. Yeah. It means they just joined Twitter. So. Oh, they're new friends. Yep, absolutely. They're like, no. they're like me. I just joined Twitter. I think you're pretty funny on Twitter. I think that's why you're doing so well, and everyone should follow you. I think I'm doing you. great so far. Yeah. I think um, it's you're... working out well. But you know what? I've been emailing you and Twittering on the Twitter for a week, and you haven't gotten back. And I need you. I needed you to get back. I can't. I can't be your emergency contact. I really hope you're not putting me on forums as your emergency contact because I'm not. I need not a doctor, the... Andrew. That's what I need. I don't need a friend. I need a doctor. Yeah, you said that, that you needed um, a referral. Yeah, do you know why? 
Oh, God, I really don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to know or not? I do. What's going on? How can I help? I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the crabs. I don't know what. But my crotch is just a fire ant mound. It's on fire. And I've, I've tried applying dandruff shampoo to it. I tried clipping off the ends. Of what? How do you get, ri- how, how do you get rid of unwanted <laughs> hair? <laughs> what ends are you? Oh, okay, the hair. I don't know. I, I can't talk about that with you. What are you doing? Are you waxing? Andrea, what's your shaving schedule? When do you shave your armpits? When do you shave your crotch? When I need to. I don't know. I, there's no schedule. What's your schedule? Okay. Well, I know. I don't have one. That's the problem. I have a Swiss Army knife. I'm going to try to take it all off. Don't, it's, it's, don't it's like, it's like a, it's like It itches like a demon down there. No, that's not how you make the itching go away. I'll tell you, you could, you could see this thing glowing in the dark. It itches so much. It's uh, killing me. Uh, you have like scabies or something or like... You have like a, I don't even know what it could be, beach rash well, the problem or something? is I slept with the person. This not, has not, I didn't do it. No, we did it right here in this motel room. We did not do it on the beach. The problem was this was a low-level professional that I found in the back of the weekly alternative newspaper down here. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah. And that was a mistake, I think. And also, we did not use a condom, which was another mistake. Oh, my I brought God. Down, well, I brought down polka dot condoms. Oh. My a, whole, God. a whole batch because girls like polka dots, but I don't know. It, I just wasn't convenient. I don't know. I don't even remember, but it, it was bad. I, I slept with a total. You, four. you want to hear about so this? many STDs right now. You are like, oh, you need to go to a clinic like right now, That's like, what, as soon Andrea, as possible. Andrea, are you listening? That's why I tried to get in contact with you. I don't have my cellular. I don't have any contact to Yellow Pages. I needed you to help me get to a, a proper place. I needed you to Google um, sexual itching crotch um, then Panama okay. Beach, Florida. I don't, uh, think, you... I don't think Panama Beach belongs there, but okay, sexual itching crotch. Panama Beach, Florida. No, I don't think that that makes any sense. Because I need, well, why wouldn't it? I need to go to somewhere down in Panama Beach. I can't fly home oh. like this. Oh, you're saying you want a specialist. Okay, well then I'll look up on like a Emergency clinic. Please type in type in male problem itching, Panama Beach. <laughs> I don't think you see just like a male itching doctor. I think you just go to a general like emergency clinic, and then. All right, they well, say, look it up. Just tell me where to go. I'm 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 in hell. Please. What's your What's your hotel name? Oh, look at all that ocean near you. That looks so nice. That's the other one. I'm about 15 to 20 miles west or north of the ocean. Okay. There is um, there is the Emerald Coast Urgent Care, and they treat... Oh, give me the number. Give, 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 me the, give me the number. They treat bladder infections and all that stuff. Perfect. Okay. What, what's the, what, what, do they take um, credit card? I'm sure they do. Um, 850-235. I get you writing this down. Eight five zero two three five eight six eight six. Now, is there anyone I should contact in particular? Is our name in there? No, no, it's just a general like urgent care walk-in clinic. I'm sure they treat. I'm sure they treat um, people who slept with professionals all the time because spring break. Well, I've added four people to my do it journal, and she was the last, thankfully. So, but I did. I did sleep with three before that. Wow. Three college students, thank you. And I'd say two were C's. One, one was a C minus. One was a C, and the other one I'd give a B minus if I'm being generous. One was from a dork sorority at University of Georgia, and the two others were from a Jewish sorority at Florida State. Um, the same one. And the same one. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I mean, they they knew nothing about it. But uh, unfortunately, one of them, their uh, mo- mothers just died from uh, cancer, and I had to sit there and listen to that garbage. Uh, you know, she came down here, she said, to uh, to try to get away from everything and try to have a good time and forget about it. And then she, she thrust that, that stuff on me, so then I got to hear about it. You know, how her mom couldn't even speak in the end. She was whispering, I love you, and um, how she's... This girl says she's in a better place, which I doubt, but I didn't want to, you want to get into religion. Oh, my but God. It was, yeah, it was awful. I didn't want to hear about this at all, so I just sort of 
not in my head, not in my, not, not, not in my head. And before she knew, we were out in the parking lot. I was like, all right, you can take a jitney back to the beach. Thank you for your time. Oh my God, but, you have uh, no heart. You have just no heart at all. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Well, that I'm you could, to that that you could be intimate with a woman and then refuse that kind of like the most basic intimacy of friendship of just listening to someone. You know what? To be honest, if and it was before, probably, I would have listened. But afterwards, it's like, oh, come on. She probably only slept with you as an old man because she needed it. She thought an adult could help her process. Wait a second. This. Back up. Time out. What, what's old man? What, You're what is this 38 stuff? and she hey, is I'm 21. I look 26 when I wear a backwards baseball cap. You know that. Come on. You don't really, though. No one really doesn't Come look on. their age ever. Well, if it's low light and it's, you know, especially the purple light and bars and I'm wearing a backwards baseball cap. Uh, yeah. And I don't and they can't really see my teeth. Ugh. I think I look 26. Oh, that poor girl. Can I get her phone oh, number? Oh, poor girl. <laughs> she was first of all, I was it for her. I think she was she was really. What do you mean to by be quite honest? She was not that attractive. She was homely. She was lucky. She she uh, got a taste of the Randy. You're disgusting. No, you're. I'm being truthful. Isn't this show about truth? I guess. I'm the only guy. I'm the only guy in this show that tells it like it is. Everyone else is a bunch of shoegazing uh, hipsters who, who are bleeding heart liberals. This is reality, Andrea. This is the real world. Finally, you're lucky to have me on your show because I tell it like it is. That's true. That is Thank what you. I like about you. I need you to wire me five hundred dollars. That's never going to happen. It's just not, I'm not, I can't be, someone, you have other friends, like there's someone else who can do that for you. No, well, let me tell you what happened. I, I'm, I'm totally out of cash. I met this guy named Boardwalk Billy, and he said, he came up to me on the beach. I was alone. I was reading a Stephen King book, and he said, are you alone? I said, yeah. He goes, can I sit down? I said, all right. He goes, I'm Boardwalk Billy. Oh, I that's said, your right. first warning sign. Anytime someone has a name that begins with... Something like boardwalk or <laughs> sidecar, carnival. <laughs> um, yeah, any name like that, just instant hobo name. That just tells me he's a no, hobo. No, he looked, he looked totally nice. And you know what? I could have used a friend at that point because you weren't even getting back to me. So boardwalk Billy sat down next to me and he said, you want to see something really cool? I said, Randy's always up for something cool. He said, I own a drone. And do you know what a drone is? Yeah, it's one of those like flying uh, things that people use for aerial photography, but also delivering tacos or whatever. Yeah, that's a general definition. But you know, a drone really is is a um, is a little thing that flies that you can take pictures from. That's that's more of the technical. I mean, it's also used in warfare. Amazon's considered. Yeah, I know. Believe me, I'm heavily into the military channel. But so he said, do you want to, do you want, I want to show you something. He says, I have a drone that I fly over the beach using infrared light based off of the moonlight. And I can see outlined forms of college students doing it on the beach. He goes, would you want to see that? I said, you got to be kidding me. I, like, I'd live for that stuff. So, um, so he says, well, meet me down here at 1130 right here on the street. I'll be in my van. He described the van. He gave me his, you know, everything was sounded like it was on the up and up. He gave me his license plate. He said, what I need, though, is to operate it. I need to fill it up with gas. I need $250 now, and then I need $250 uh, when I see you tonight. So that's really a bargain, $500 to see see something like this. Because it's really, he, I, that, he was right in that sense. I mean, like, you, you can't pay to see this stuff. This, this is... Well, it's all over the internet, but yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So then he, I said, "All right." So I gave him two fifty. And uh, oh I, no, I, I know it. where this is going. So I gave him two fifty there, and I got there at eleven thirty, and uh, he never shows up. Broadway Bill, um, he ripped me off. He was pretty convincing. So I am out of cash. And I need money wired to me. I have to fun truck it back to Tallahassee. You know, you can buy your own drone for like $250 now. Can you Radio Shack. Can Go you to wire me some Shack. money? I, I have plane tickets. I just have to get back to Tallahassee, and I don't have a car. Please. I want you to send me I you need money. You have a job. You have an ATM card. I, I don't believe I don't, you for a second. I, well, I, 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 well, that's another story. 
What happened to your ATM card? Well, um, I bought um, a disposable uh, single-use camera, right, from a CVS. Okay. Um, I didn't know they still made those, but that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. So then I convinced these two, these two Bettys, I said, I'm a photographer for Vice magazine. Have you heard of it? And they go, ooh, and they started shrieking, ooh, we love, ooh, we love Vice. So I said, yes, you know, one of the best magazines out there. I said, and I am down here to shoot for Vice. And they got so excited. I said, all right, follow me. So we went behind this crab shack, and I'm taking photos. Of what? And, you know, of them <laughs> and they're posing and the light isn't great but like they're doing anything I want I said you know like ooh nasty like get down on it and like they would lean down and you know like thrust out their breasts it was really <laughs> I wish you could have been there it was really crazy they never stopped to ask you about the disposable camera you were using uh, well what happened was uh, these two guys were walking by and you know, in retrospect, these guys were on the, on the, on, you know, street street thugs, you know. And they said, "What what's going on here?" And I said, "I'm a professional photographer for Vice." And they said, "With that kind of camera," I said, "You know what? You know, like go off to your own pathetic world. This is my life. You know, don't bother me, chump." And one of them hit me right in the jaw, and glanced. I mean, he hit the wall first, then me. So luckily, you know, just a back bruise dropped to the ground he stole my wallet um and they left me in that alley i i still have the camera which i plan to get developed truthfully it was kind of dark and the flash bulb was not very good okay so i am totally i have 15 to 20 dollars and some change but i i do need to take an airport van back to tallahassee i got nothing I'm not calling my mim-mim for this, right? So if you could help me out, I'd really appreciate it. You need to really call your credit it. card company and let them know that your your cards were stolen. With what? I, from, my motel, with my, from my motel phone? Yeah. How much is that going to put? How much is that going to cost? You're a grown Andrea, man. You can resolve Andrea, this on your own. please wire me some money. All I need is 500 If you can't survive going to spring break... I can't be friends with you. Like if you are getting, like if you can't take care of your adult life to the degree where you're not stranded at a motel on a beach, I, I don't, this is too weird. Like you are not a grown up right now. Is your hair in braids? How hungover are you? If I commit a suicide, would you come to the funeral? Things are that bad. First, and do you know, too, I may lose my job? Did you hear about Quiznos? That's what I thought the spring break trip was about. I thought it was you not knowing how to handle um, Quiznos going bankrupt. Well, I still have a job with them. The problem is if they had run the campaigns that I wanted to run, they wouldn't be in this trouble. Did I tell you these campaigns that I was really into? Sure. Tell me about them. All right. Well, there was one for the turkey, bacon, guacamole. I, I begged them to run this. It was going to be a picture of a kid with a little halo over his head. You know, like he's an, um, he was you know, like a dead angel or something. I said, and the tagline was going to read, hey, guacamole, eat it slowly. Oh, holy guacamole, eat it slowly. Why? Uh, Why would one... you want to eat it slowly? Then there's one for a kid's turkey and cheese. And it said, then you saw a picture of a kid, and he says, please, Mom, geez. And the mother says, so easy to appease. And then there was one for the chicken bacon ranch flatbread. Mm. I begged them to do this, and I said it was going to be under that. It was going to be someone from, like, the 17th century. And it was going to be, remember when they thought the world was flat? And then he'd be holding up a flatbread. I like that one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the place is in dire straits. I knew it would be. Um, it's run by an idiot. Uh, the person who's in charge of advertising doesn't have a sense of humor at all. Um, I, people associate sense of humor with cool things, right? So I, I wanted it to be funny, these ad campaigns, to get cool people to go there. You go into a Quiznos, and it's a bunch of old people, you know, using coupons to buy sandwiches. It's not hip like Chipotle. You know, this... 
the whole point Chipotle. of my campaign was to kind of make it hip. Yeah. But one of the good things that is happening, I wanted, did I tell you about the Zambanskis? Zambanskis? Zamban, Zambanskis? Sure, tell me more. Do you really want to hear it? Because in, in your voice, I'm hearing. I can't, it, I'm like it having. It sounds familiar. It, it sounds familiar. It sounds like, ugh. Are you rolling your eyes? I'm really upset still about your suicide comment, and I just want to make sure I don't need to call a hotline for you right now. Are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just, it's not the best time. It's not. Um, I don't understand how I became the contact that you're leaning on this hard. Like, I can't understand how um, Listen, you're tweeting always, me and you're calling life, right? me and I you're mean, asking me for money. My, you have no, do you mi- really have no one else? Like, I can't, you have, you, I thought you had other friends and you must have like colleagues at work. You have no. other people. I just think you're leaning on me. I, I, you know, I think from the minute I met you, there was something that was like, oh, I was meant to meet her. You know, like she, she smells like my Mimim's tater tot casserole. You know, she just smelled like my childhood. I just can't be everything to you. Like I can only be so much here, and I have Listen. to have like boundaries. If I were to die, would you give a speech at my funeral? Of course. Of course. I would be there, and I would give a speech. What would your you... first line be? Gathered here today to remember my friend Randy. All right. Go on. He was a guest on my radio program, Y-O-Y, which airs every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on WFMU. Are you kidding? You're going to promote your show during my funeral speech? <laughs> no, I'm that, making a joke. That's all you can say about me? Was that I was on your show? <laughs> no, that was a joke. I would say um, everything, a lot changed for me after I met Randy. That night, he told me I smell like hay. He called me yappy, gave me a B. Solid B. But when I think of Randy, I give him an A. I would give oh, him an wow, that's yeah. Good. I like that. I'd give him an A plus. Because wow. A plus as a friend. Because wow. he told it like it is. That's that's good, but it's not that's funny. Good. I I gotta make it funnier. Okay, and then I would this? say I would say Quizno uh quiz eternal. Something about like you, 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 like your jokes will live on, like long you're after you're up. gone. See, really? This is what you do. You cheer me up. No one else can cheer me up like this. Oh, good. Right, what else? What else would you say after I commit a suicide? No, the funeral picturing is not after you commit suicide because I'm really not. I you you like can't do that to me. So I'm t- I'm t- I'm too wild to, to live forever. But you know, I live fast, die young. That's that's my. I say live old. Die the way old people die. That's not very. That's not very cutting edge. Okay, but I need you to stay around. You have an. You have an obligation to your Twitter followers and to the listeners of the show. And that is true. And I want to take you to go see Rocky the Musical. So that is something to live for. I really don't want to do that with you, but they will do something else that's really fun. Think about it. Okay, two tickets to Rocky. I'm not going to see it with you, but that sounds great. What? You should go with them April or someone. All right. Thanks for ruining my vacation. I'll talk to you later. i got to get Randy, come on. I'm just, I no, can't. No, I'll talk to you later. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What's your next Don't step? Don't worry about me. I was raised on the streets. I'll die in the streets. I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll do what I have to do. I'll survive. I'm a survivor. You got yourself in this mess. You're going to have to get yourself All right, out well, of this it. This motel phone is starting to stink, quite frankly. So does this vacation. I'll talk to you later. Hello? 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 I'm still here. I'll talk to you. Do you hear what I said? I'll talk to you later. I heard what you said, but I'm not Hello? hanging up on you. Last year, I was looking for love on OkCupid, as uh, one does on in Brooklyn, and I found this profile that I had a, a pretty pretty face, uh, funny writing, uh, intelligent seeming person. This story we're about to hear was a submission to the show. It's an interview that my friend Emil did with his friend Jesse. I wasn't there, 
And there are some things about this story that you might find offensive, that I find offensive. So I hope you stay with us until he's done telling it so we can unwrap it together. Because, as you know, not everyone who appears on this show is always likable. Here's Jesse. I'm into pretty smart, funny girls. And this profile looked like it was belonged to a pretty smart, funny girl. It was uh, said she was a pre-med student, you know, looked very beautiful and uh, had was nice dark humor in the profile. So I contacted her and we had a funny back and forth, you know, real dark humor, uh, a lot of cuss words, just my kind of person. So we set up a time to meet and she said, you know, I'll, co- I'll come to your neighborhood. I'll drive in which is weird in in New York. No one has a car. And so I thought that was really nice of her that she was going to drive in from her med school in Long Island to come hang out with me in my neighborhood. So I didn't know what to expect because, you know, okay, Cuba, you don't know if someone's going to show up and they're actually much uglier than actually, you know, they pretended to be on their, in their pictures. I mean, you know, people put their best pictures like of all time on their, it's like their trophy page of, of themselves, you know? And it's like, Actually, you're much uglier than that. I don't know if you know that. These pictures are really unrepresentative of how you actually look to the world. But this, but this wasn't the case. I showed up at this cafe not knowing what to expect, and this woman was beautiful. She was gorgeous. And she was also surrounded in, uh, in books, in books on EKG machines, because she's a med school student. She's in her fourth year. So, okay, so that story checked out. She wasn't lying unless she went to all the trouble of like buying a bunch of like medical books. Um, so I show up and she's got all these books and she's beautiful and she, we say hello, I sit down and immediately we hit it off. It's awesome. Uh, we're joking, uh, laughing, flirting, uh, over smoothies and food at this cafe by my house for a couple hours. Um, afterwards I say, Hey, let's go get some tacos. And we're in my neighborhood here in Brooklyn in Sunset Park uh, where they have the best tacos in New York. And so she's like, yeah, I love tacos. So we go get tacos. Then we go up to the top of Sunset Park, which is a beautiful view of New York. And we sit on this bench and we chop it up for, for an hour. Uh, and it's awesome. So by this point we've been hanging out, hanging out for multiple hours and everything was gravy except for maybe one thing, which was we had, we got into a bit of a philosophical debate about, ethics about whether there are any inherent ethics in the universe and i argued that there were because i believe in human rights and uh, for no reason other than that i choose to believe in them and she was an ethical um i guess she'd call herself a moral objectivist she didn't believe that the universe had any inherent moral system that it was that morals are completely a human creation that they were silly so we argued a bit about that, but whatever, no big deal. You know, like huge philosophical argument on the first date, it's not a big deal. So say, so how about we go get a drink? And she's like, okay. So we, we go down to the, the bar by my house that I like to get a drink. Um, have a drink, it's awesome. Have a second drink, it's awesome. Everything is rolling around just fine. Midway through the second beer, we have our first awkward silence. We've been chopping it up, funny as hell to this point. We have the first moment of... We don't know what to talk about. So I know what to do in a moment of silence. I said to her, come here, give me a kiss. She was a funny, straight up chick, you know, as I figured, you know, she wouldn't be too weirded out. And so what she says to me, how she responds to me is suck my dick, which, which is in the context of the date thus far in the, how dark the humor had been up to this point was perfectly in line with everything that had been set up to this point. So it was, it was a funny joke. And I said, I said, I'll suck your dick as long as you have a vagina down there as well. (laughs) I didn't say vagina. And she looks at me and she says, really? And I'm like, sure, sure. Yeah. I don't care. I'm equal opportunity. And she goes, really? You would, if I had a penis, you wouldn't care. And she's looking at me hard you know, and her whole tone, her 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 body um, language has changed. I'm like, uh, shut up! You don't have a penis, because you know I think she's joking. We've been joking pretty hard, but now she's giving me this look like uh, maybe she's not joking. Uh, and she's like, because I have a penis. So as I shut up again, and she's like, no, 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 really, I have a penis. And I'm looking at her, and now I'm starting to try to, you know. Take, take her in. If I miss something? So I'm looking at her very closely. 
and um, she has very feminine features. Now, you know, I could be wrong, but I like to think that I, I can usually tell when someone is, you know, a tran transsexual. I grew up in San Francisco, and I've had a lot of transsexual friends and, and usual or transgendered friends. I feel like often there are body types that, that men and women both have that look kind of similar, but this person didn't have one of those body types. She had a short, very curvy figure that I usually associate with being very feminine. And so I, her body figure said woman to me. And uh, I didn't see an Adam's apple. She had a very, like, feminine-looking face. But, you know, people take hormones. And, you know, you can do a lot with makeup and, and clothing and, you know, whatever surgery you can have, right? So I'm looking at her and I'm like, no, no, you were not born with a penis. She's like, yes, I was born with a penis. And actually... I would prefer it if you would just acknowledge that. And so she's speaking in this very like decisive, deliberate tone. And she's like, looks kind of offended. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm a couple beers in and I'm, I'm a lightweight. So I, I had to gather myself at this point and think, okay, well, regardless of, of whether or not she was born a man, she's calling herself a woman. She's saying she has a penis. And I feel like, okay, well, I got to respect this person's feelings I have to respect their identification about who they are sexually even if I think this person's lying to my face which is what I th which is what I think and which is what all of my detection is, is saying to me and I say ah fine so okay well uh you know does do you care does that matter I'm like well uh, and now I'm starting to like have like an ethical like a moral debate does it matter should it matter and yeah, it matters to me. Like, yeah, I, something about her, her, her having a penis or having been born with a penis, something about that just like makes me unattracted to her, you know, right or wrong. And, and she says, well, you know, this is why I didn't want to make out with you because I always want to tell people before I, before I kiss them. And, you know, I said to her, well, you know, I think that you should probably tell that to someone before you show up on a date with them. And she's like, well, you know, I just, I want to, I want to have sex with a real man who want, who thinks of me as a real woman. And I say, yeah, well, you know, that's cool if you want that. But at the same time, like you have to respect other people and like what they want. And you show up pretending to be one thing and you're actually not, you know? And she's like, no, I am a woman. And like, don't say I'm not a woman because I am a woman. I'm like, oh, okay. I offended this person. I feel really bad about offending her. So she gets up to go to the bathroom and my head is a tizzy. I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. I think this person's lying, but maybe they're not. And I'm offending them. And I like, this is all weird. She comes back from the bathroom. She's like, oh man, they got, they had a urinal in there. I love urinals. Now I've never heard any person say that. I've never heard any guy exiting a bathroom say, uh, yeah, great urinal, A-class urinal, best urinal I've ever urinated into. No one says that. It's like, no, you know what? This is bull. You're not, you do not have a penis. You do not have a penis. You are a woman who's lying to me. And she's like, no, I'm not lying to you. And I'll prove it to you. And by this point, I mean, by this point, this has been going on for 15, 20 minutes. I try to change the conversation. She wouldn't allow me to change the topic of conversation. It's like, fine, this is where this, this is where this date is going. Fine. Take me to the bathroom. Prove, prove it to me. Fine. She says, all right. So we go to the bathroom. It's a single occupancy bathroom. We get in there. She pulls up her shirt. She pulls up her bra. And she has what looked to me to be very nice breasts. And she's like, well, you want to touch them? And she's like, go ahead, touch them. And I say, uh, all right. And so I reach over to poke at them. It's not really, I'm not really grabbing or caressing. This is not how I usually touch breasts, you know? This is like a, like a medical poke. And it feels like a boob to me. It feels like a regular boob, very nice boob to me. And after I poked it, she says, so what do you think of my boob job? Like, okay, I don't think I've ever touched a, a fake boob before. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's what they feel like. But again, I could be wrong. And I didn't see any incision marks, but again, I don't know. And so by this point... I'm thinking to myself, okay, either this person does have a penis and they're in the middle of like some sexual, you know, ch change in like their gender, 
Um, in which case, I'm not, I'm not sexually interested and I'm here on a date, so I'm not interested. Or they're a woman who's just like going to these extreme ends to lie to me. Either way, I got to get out of here. So, you know, I go outside and I'm like, you know, I don't think this is for me. Um, I put on my jacket. I'm like, you know, I, I think I think I got to go. And uh, and this this person says to me, Jesse, I'm lying. I'm obviously a woman. I was like, oh, yeah, I thought so. And she's like, yeah. But at this point, I'm unsure. You know, who who's like joking like this for 25 minutes on a first date on OkCupid? This is weird. So I, I say to myself, I don't know about this. I tell her, I don't, I don't know. Um, that was kind of weird. And she's like, listen, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove to you that I'm a woman. And she's like, you can... You can feel my crotch. You got to feel it over my pants, and I don't want you to finger me, but you can feel my crotch. And we're at the bar at this point. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> so, I mean, come on, you know. Um, so I, I reach over there, and I, I reach around, you know, I, under, under the bar, you know, those fucking patrons unknowingly are like, you know, a witness to this uh, sexual exploration that's occurring here. Um, Feel bad for them. Not too bad, though. Uh, so I reach around down there, and I'm feeling... And this is, like, the least sexual touching of a crotch that I've ever engaged in in my life. This is a very, like, medical examination over the pants. But I don't I don't feel anything, you know? It feels like a vagina area. Um, <laughs> it's like a vaginal area. Um, I don't feel anything, and I pull my hand up, and I kind of give her, you know, the googly eye, like, ooh, you know, googly eyes, <laughs> uh, which is as one is wont to do after they've just touched someone's crotch for the first time, I guess, uh, and she turns to me, and she like, you know, maybe her, her face is maybe like two feet away from me, about as close as your face is to mine right now. She turns to me, and she says, did I fool you? I've got a penis. It's really small. And I know how to tug it back so you wouldn't even notice. Like, uh, and she says, I'm going to, I'm not going to have a penis in January, but before then you can fuck me in the ass. You can fuck me in the ass all you want. And it'll be just like you're fucking a pussy. And then she looks at me and she says, I know you live around here. We can go back to your place right now and we can have anal sex. We can have as much anal sex as you like. And you wouldn't even notice. You won't even notice the difference. Uh, and then I think it was at this point that I, th- I realized, oh, this person's crazy. Yeah, that's what's happening here. Okay. I said, oh, no, it's, that's okay. We're, we're done. Um, I put on my jacket and I left. And, um, and of course, like an hour later, I was getting a multitude of texts from this person who was explaining, you know, why they did what they did. They had all these problems. They were just getting out of a horrible relationship. They had been hurt. I didn't need it to understand where they were coming from, et cetera, et cetera. To, uh, to, to which I responded, you're a sociopath. Um, you don't understand how you make other people feel and why it's good to sympathize with people. But really, she did what she did, or at least she claimed she did what she did, because of ethics. She texted me and said, I wanted to test you. I wanted to test this ethical system that you talked about. I wanted to test to see if, if your ethical system was really as inherent, if you adhered to it as closely as you said that you did. And, uh, and that was when I realized, you know, this person was trying to test me. This person was messing with me. Like, you know, the first dates are all about not freaking out the other person. That's all you can do. That's all you can hope for on a first date is I hope I don't freak this person out so badly that they call the police on me. Like that is like the number one goal in a first date is like, please don't like, please, I hope I don't become like a horrific story that you end up telling on the radio someday. You know, like that's all you're hoping on a first date. You know, then after that you can start like wooing them and getting to know them. And then you can start to get a little weird, you know? You know, not to say that I'm against being weird, but, like, on a first date, you don't pretend that you're, you know, uh, were born with a penis for 45 minutes and then, like, have someone grope you. I mean, I guess unless that's your thing, but it wasn't my thing. 
presented with these these two possible outcomes, right? One is I wouldn't necessarily say she's lying. What she's doing is she's she's posturing, right? Like she's setting up this very interesting game of sexual chicken where it will lead down this path of are you really as open-minded as you say you are? Okay. <laughs> like let's keep going. Um and the alternative is she's just exactly who she says she is and you know after a couple of drinks which we we have to keep remembering like this is both parties are drinking and a mid treatment woman who is on a first date with a guy and she doesn't necessarily feel comfortable disclosing but feels like she has to because he's pushing for intimacy physical intimacy that quickly that could be going on when I first heard the story, I felt like it was Schrodinger's cat. Only instead of a cat in a box, it's what's in the pants. And it felt like both possibilities were equally possible. Then I asked my friend Holly Wood what she thought. So you think there's, there is a... Okay, we're just going to have to come out and say that. You think there's a cisgendered woman in Long Island who is going on dates and using... And, and lying about being uh, in transition to freak out dudes. That just seems so, inc- I mean, you can imagine that being like a one out of a thousand, 10,000 possibility. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It just doesn't seem likely to me that someone would go through all the trouble of making an online dating profile, um, going out on a date, driving to Brooklyn to go out on a date, just for the power trip? When she put it that way, I realized, duh, <laughs> this guy has turned this into a story, and he has told this story many times. And the reason why the story works, the reason why a lot of bad date stories work, is because it's so easy to assume that the other person is crazy. In most of the stories that we get told about dating, we almost always assume the opposite person is crazy. Like, I feel like that's our default setting when somebody tells us a dating story. It's like, oh, that person must be crazy. Like, like we never think that the other person on a bad date is just a human being having a bad day. We're like almost always resort to the idea of like the end of the possibility that that person is out of their mind. We never assume that our friend is the crazy person. And we never, ever assume 50-50 accountability. Almost never. When someone tells us a story, we almost never say question back. So why did you keep egging this person on? Like, why did you, why did you not get up and walk away at that point when they disrespected you? Why did you not like call the police? We never do that in stories. We're like, oh, and then what did that crazy person do? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like in this guy's case, he totally felt her boobs and her crotch, but anal sex was too far. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like we don't like, wait a minute. He was egging her on. Like when she flashed him in the bathroom, he poked her and he kept going to a point where his involvement was at least 50-50 in that story. Like everyone's is. It's just when we we talk about a bad story, like a bad date story, we almost always identify with the friend who's telling us the story and almost always think the other person is crazy. Oh, it's so true. For me, what the story is really about is the person telling it. It's about how trans women disclose when dating. When the story played on the radio broadcast, I was most worried about my friend Callie hearing it. There is this badass crew on Twitter, orphan fans of the best show with Tom Sharpling, and they often tweet the show as it's broadcast on Wednesday nights. Coming out is a funny word with someone who's trans because she was born this way, but she started telling her friends and family when she was 29, after a crippling depression and says she doesn't know why she waited so long. Basically, everyone in my life has been wonderful. Friends who I thought would never stood by me through this have been some of my strongest supporters. My family's been wonderful, and things are just really nice. I asked her what she thought of the story. When you heard it, you said you were immediately grossed out by this guy. Why is that? Well, part of it is his tone, but immediately after he started talking about how she came out to him or Hicks coming out. He claimed that he was really good at detecting who is and is not trans. 
and talking about Adam's apples and body types, if he claims that he has a lot of trans friends, then he's probably a huge jerk around them or he makes them uncomfortable. You just can't make those sort of assumptions about somebody. I have friends who are like five foot three. They're tiny. They have hips. And I have other friends who are like six three and have incredibly masculine features, but you just can't assume. What would you have to say to him? Like, how would you explain your experience to him and give him a new way of understanding the story that he is clearly retelling all the time? Well, he was framing a lot of it around ethics, and I think that was really problematic. Like, from his perspective of wanting to be ethical with dating a trans woman, I had really no idea what he was talking about. There's no connection between dating someone and being ethical. But if someone were to turn me down, that doesn't make them a bad person. Even if I know that they specifically turn me down because I'm trans, it's just they're not okay with that. And I don't think less of them. It's just what their preference is. So I thought that framing of it was weird to say the least. Amongst you and your friends, like what are some best practices for disclosure? I imagine everyone comes up with their decision about how that works. Is it possible this is an issue of her having an issue with disclosure? Um, definitely. Disclosure is something that's talked about with really no consensus. I know that most of my friends agree with me that disclosure is not something that you need to do immediately, even though I disclose on my dating profile. But it's something that needs to happen before intimacy. And he was clearly trying to elevate the day so that there was intimacy and I would have been as thrown off as she was. So where do you disclose? With online dating, I started out not disclosing anywhere on my profile, but that led to a ridiculous number of times where I start talking to a guy and I start to get way too attached, at least for knowing that he didn't know yet. And then I'd tell and then he'd run away. And this happened so many times. So I eventually sort of took the plunge and put it in my profile. And it's in like three different places in my profile, but guys still don't see it. Because guys really just look at the photos. <laughs> and they're like, cute girl, cute girl. Has it also opened you up to um, negative attention from fetishists? Surprisingly, no. Yeah, I don't think that I've run into any chasers. Chasers is how many trans people describe people who seek out trans people for sex. I, every episode of my show is like me bitching and moaning about how hard it is to date and how guys are awful. And it's like, I, I can objectively say that dating seems much harder. Like my dating life doesn't seem as hard when I think about the challenges you're going to face. Like I can't even empathetically occupy what it must be like to, to be you, but I want other people to try to think about it for a bit. Which is why I really appreciate yeah. you asking my opinion, just because you know that you don't know what the experience is. Are you optimistic about love? Is it is it hard? Uh, like, how do you how do you stay positive and are you hopeful? I am hopeful. I have some friends who have met some amazing guys. I have one friend who's engaged. I have another friend who just barely moved in with her boyfriend, who she's absolutely enamored with. So, I know that it, it can happen. And they're around the same age as me, so I know that it can happen at this point in my life. But it's just so frustrating because, yeah, like you said, there's the regular dating stuff of trying to find someone. And then on top of that, if you find that person who seems great, are they actually going to accept me? And I don't know. I, I haven't been as active lately, but I'm still trying. And something will prod me to try harder in the future. But I don't know. It's a process. And one last disclaimer. I need to say that I don't really speak for anybody aside from myself. The trans community isn't really a community. We just have that one thing in common. And there is so much infighting that nobody can really represent all of us. You can follow Callie on Twitter at CB Rasmussen. Now let's hear what the story tells us about dating. 
Joining me now is Holly Wood. She has a regular voice of wisdom here on the show. And if you haven't heard her yet on episode number 15, I can't recommend it enough. That show has changed how I see everything. I asked her to share her advice for someone who's going on a date and they have something to disclose. I'm of the opinion that you're not really obligated to disclose anything on the first date. I don't think that's an appropriate venue to feel like an ob- like you're obligated. I mean, in this case scenario, if you're gunning for sex that night and it's just going to be so apparent to the other person that what you have to disclose is there. And this goes for, say, like STDs. This goes for um, anything that would be physically apparent, like you're missing a leg. Um, you might want to mention that if you're gunning for sex that night. That's something that's a whole different basket of issues. But, you know, like I said, whether advice for other things that you might want to disclose, like you're transitioning or you are transitioned or other kind of things you might want to think about, like you have to take some kind of antipsychotic medicine or um, you're one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt or you accidentally ran over somebody with your car like Laura Bush did. I wonder what uh, Laura told told George. I don't know. Right. Exactly. Did she? <laughs> um, next interview with Andrea. <laughs> um, oh, that'd be so good. But these are kind of things that, you know, you know, do they come up? Should they come up? When do they come up? Um, it makes me think of this call that was on the Savage Love cast this week where a girl met a guy online. They had a really great dynamic. And then he let her know that he's paraplegic. And... She was trying to figure out if she wanted to go on this date or not. Dan says it's totally legit for someone to hide something like that until until they've started to have that romantic connection with you and then disclose. Generally, when someone has a trait that might cause them to be unfairly judged and dismissed out of hand, not given a chance, I think that person has a right to withhold that info initially for a little bit so that somebody can get to know them. And then when you roll it out, maybe that person who would have rejected them out of hand without giving it a a second thought at the outset, at the very beginning, will give it a second thought before they reject you. You can't escape this reality that people form judgments on the basis of categories like this all the time. I mean, like, so for example, what do people think of when you think of a black man raised by a single mom? I'm sure they don't think of Barack Obama. Like, right? right? But he escapes that category and he occupies that category. But people, they have an idea of what that's like. They, they pre-reject on the basis of those categories. And so showing up to the date, occupying that categorical position It might not even be relevant to that person, but they would have pre-rejected you on the basis of it before they even met you. You can follow Holly on Twitter at GirlZiplocked. You can follow Randy on Twitter at RandyIsDemand. Though we're fighting right now. Hey, Randy. That last story told by Jesse comes to us from my fellow radio producer, Emil, who asks that I say something here to make him sound reprehensible. And I just can't do it. He's too nice. You can follow him on Twitter at Emilio Kleino. And I've turned Randy into a ringtone. It sounds like this. Please touch us. Please touch it. Please touch it. Head over to yyradio.com to get your own Randy ringtone. This is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, in Rockland County at 91.9 FM and online, WFMU.org.